0: And when we were coming back on the ferry, we had the first report of Kirkland. And we're like, it's here? I was like, it's here in Seattle? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, now we're the epicenter for a while. Yeah. But even then, it was like, oh, we'll get over this. It's like, just stay home for a little bit. And then it's like, OK. And then it's like, wait, people are locking down. Oh, California closed? Is that...? And it's like, oh, I guess we're shutting down. And then it was like, oh, it will just be a month. you know. And now it's like, I think it's going to be for a long
1: time. I think it's until maybe, yeah, It. <laughs>
0: And now we just don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing. This is the podcast that is dedicated... To helping you live a less certain and more curious life. My name is Scott. And I
1: am Macy. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 99. We are yeah. almost to our 100th episode.
0: What does it mean? What's the significance?
1: I mean, is it significant? I think it's significant. I okay. think that's like your season. You're an old podcast. Definitely mm. far we're, from new. We can't new say we're babies you have anymore? 100th episode. No, definitely can't say we're babies. Ah, veterans? No, definitely not <laughs> veterans. No. <laughs> when do
0: we get to say veterans? 10. <laughs> Yeah. Ten years?
1: <laughs> I don't know. We're definitely far from that. We're like tweens.
0: Tweens. A
1: hundredth episode mm. is like a tween.
0: Okay. We're tween so podcasters. We're
1: figuring ourselves out still. Yeah. Honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we really are. I don't know what that means either because we're just basically doing the same thing. <laughs> so <laughs> we're having conversations each week.
1: Well, it's true. We are basically doing the same thing, but we want more for No Small Thing. And mm. we will get into that because you okay. guys, you okay. click okay. on this okay. episode, you drum know. Drum roll title is Is it a drum roll? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> our second one, Jobs 2. The last time we met to talk about jobs was, I don't know how long ago, but I had a job that I loved.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're in COVID times.
1: We're in COVID times. Yes. If you're listening and you're wondering what day of the week is it, it's May, it's April. It's not April. It's April 30th. <laughs> um okay, so two thousand twenty. the last time COVID we interviewed or talked, I worked at a school called Hilltop Children's Center as an educator, loved my job, talked endlessly about how much I love my job, and Scott didn't have a job at the time. I didn't. You were how would you define it?
0: In between jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a five-month stretch.
1: Mm-hmm. No you job. were figuring, I don't think you knew what your job was officially going to be.
0: I know, I know, I know. I don't, I didn't go back and listen today. I was kind of planning on it, but I got busy with my job. With your. <laughs> but his, um, yeah, I had five months to figure it out. And there was a lot of, a lot of wondering, a lot of wondering and thinking. Yeah. And it was exciting mostly, mostly exciting. I mean, I, I guess I'm privileged enough to have that be an exciting time and not have it be. It wasn't a point of like, I don't know. I I knew I'd figure it out.
1: Yeah, you got some severance. So yeah. you had that space to allow for that transition to happen. So that was the last time we talked. And then now today... Oh,
0: you really make it into like a little mystery. I, yeah. I know, I'm getting <laughs> very then... jazzed about <laughs> it.
1: Then today, I officially... We it, switched roles. We've switched roles. Today was my last day of this job that I have. And you officially have a job yeah. now.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't think I would say I've lost my job. I'm on furlough. Yeah. So it's not quite like I'm completely jobless and yet I don't have an income from work. So I'm in a whole new situation starting now.
0: Starting right today.
1: literally now. (laughs) Starting
0: like three hours ago. (laughs) So. Well, Well, first of all, okay. I mean. We say it sometimes, but if you're a new listener or you're some somehow you missed an episode, which I'm sure you did, <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> listens to every single episode. Uh, wh- I mean, what what do you, what did you do? What do you do? What's your job that you're furloughed My from?
1: My by day job yeah. that I'm furloughed from <laughs> is I am a educator and I work with both preschool age, but mostly school age. Mm-hmm. So I work in a program that we get kids when they come from school and we facilitate play-based curriculum in the classroom. It's like an aftercare, but I like, it's a little bit more than care, I would say, uh, program. Much,
0: much, much more, much more.
1: So that is my, that, I, I have many passions, I would say. So it's not like, oh, teaching is my one passion, but I love the work that I do, working with preschoolers and kindergarten to third graders and the people I work with, and the philosophy behind the way we approach children and families and peoples is peoples is just uh, very Folks. special to me. So Humans. I am currently very sad. <laughs> I don't get to work anymore, and it's also pull been, back.
0: Don't get too sad. It's
1: also been really strange because my job, it's it's like two things have happened because I had a job. Being a preschool teacher and working with young children is inevitably a very in-person job. So much of what we're doing is providing space for socialization, providing areas for play. It's about the interactions. That's where the learning is happening. And so six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, whenever school shut down, my job changed completely. It was like all of a sudden overnight, what normally would all be done in the classroom is now... We're trying to do it virtually. So I've had like a different job, I would say, in the past seven weeks than I did before because I'm working from home. I'm Zoom calling children and doing completely different kinds of curriculum than I would be in the classroom. And then now... And you built
0: like a new rhythm for yourself. A
1: whole new rhythm. A whole new rhythm. A whole new rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about the building of rhythms? (laughs)
0: Oh, just as an aside.
1: Well, I just think I will. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: think, I think, I think, are you talking about like moving forward, building rhythms? (laughs) Well,
1: I do think we could talk about that too. I think,
0: I think you need to indulge just a a need, Uh, 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 you know, I think you should indulge a little bit more in, in the, the, the sadness or the feeling or the grief. Yeah, I mean, because it's real. You just
1: told me to not go there. No, I was kidding. I was saying that
0: sarcastically.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's we. Of course, we're recording this episode on the night that it's like the end, and yeah. I'm like, Whoa. um. You really a lot.
0: love these kids.
1: I really love the kids that you I. You love growing. going to work. I do. I think that that's. I think it showed up in our last drops episode, and it showed up in this. I love going to work. I love. And I think this might be cathartic for people out there who can agree or a similar vein. Like, I love the output and the structure of going to work and seeing my coworkers and having somewhere to be and having a meeting to be at and having a classroom to walk into and in specific tasks. I don't love necessarily, oh, you can work on, like, There's projects to be worked on. There's things to do. There's no guidelines for how to teach online. There's no like structure. So I, it's. And that's kind of how it's been in the past little bit. Yeah. It's, it's been a little bit
0: of structure, but
1: there's been like a little bit of structure. So it's kind of, I am grateful for the slow come down that Mm -hmm. I didn't go immediately from working to like right away. No work. You want me to access the sadness?
0: Oh, only if you want. I mean, I okay. mean not access, not I access, describe. I actually have a yeah, few yeah. things to say. So, yeah.
1: so my job isn't typically one where I would do it online or do it, yeah, online, but it has been, I'm still in the past seven weeks been tasked with still being an educator. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, even though it's not the normal way to do it, it's like this past little bit of time has been get as creative as you can and figure it out and Just like kind of when it's in-person, Hilltop is really supportive of teachers' own talents and inspirations and where they're good at things, and they allow teachers to kind of, as teens, figure out what they're going to do. So that has been super cool in that I've gotten to get really creative. And honestly, as sad as I am, and I am daily, daily sad about not getting to go and hang out with kids in person, there have been some, like, incredibly special moments and things that happen have happened because of our virtual classroom that wouldn't have happened otherwise mm. like no, uh, i mean
0: you send me little snippets sometimes and, and yeah like and i tell you precious. stories of
1: things and it's like this these moments that are captured on these screens in the midst of such a really weary time are so near and dear and special and they feel like I don't know. They just feel extra.
0: Yesterday, you guys had a dance party.
1: Yeah, we had our final class. We we put face paint on, and we dressed up, and we had a dance party. And it was really fun because <laughs> like most of the kids really danced hard. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like little things. This is just, to me, so special. I started teaching play dates, meaning I mostly just said, hey, you guys, I'm here to facilitate and make sure everything goes well, but I'm going to be in the background, and now you guys get to just play with each other. And my job was to facilitate and be in the background of that and mostly be on mute and watch kids play from their homes via their screens in the midst of this time. And they would go between jumping on their beds, showing each other pictures, to going, COVID sucks, I hate this, to I can't wait to see you guys, to you guys are the best, to like have you guys watched Frozen 2? And what do you think of this? And it's just the fact that I got to be in that position where I had that space where I was just not having to focus on all these other kids in the classroom, but I was sitting on my screen watching kids figure it out and play things like pet shelter and restaurant and pass food to each other on the screens. I feel like then this is getting me sad because I'm like, I... I, I was liking my job online. You know, I was like figuring it out.
0: You know, when you say that, it just gets me in touch with like, I, aside from my family members, like in cousins, I don't think like in school, I like showed or communicated affection to anybody. There was no like, I I can't wait to see you or I like Do your you. friends. Yeah, I did don't think that was part of school growing up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I definitely probably yeah. did, but so now that's over. It's over. It's dead. It's, done. it's gone. Um, which is really sad. I don't know. I think in a second we can get to this, but of like what my plans are going forward. Cause I do think I definitely, I, I don't want to just float away. Yeah. Float um,
0: away. <laughs>
1: but I'm definitely nervous about it. And, I'm sad today we had like our last teacher gathering and last meetings and sent out the final email and there is just like a morning Mm -hmm. of it's a different season and I'm hopeful that, you know, I'll be back relatively soon, but you know, things are really up in the air all the time. So I definitely don't know all that my future holds. Um,
0: but, yeah, I mean, you said cathartic. I do think it represents what a lot of people are going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't seem, I think even today we were just saying, like, I think we all thought, oh, initially, initially we were all like, I remember, I remember we were on Whitby and we were talking about this and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not going to really affect us. And when we were coming back on the ferry. We had the first report of Kirkland, and we're like, "It's here." I was like, "It's here in Seattle," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh, now we're the epicenter for a while." Yeah. But even then, it was like, "Oh, we'll get over this." It's like, just stay home for a little bit. And then it's like, okay, and then it's like, wait, people are locking down. Oh, California close? Is And it's like, oh, we're, I guess we're shutting down. And then it was like, oh, it will just be a month, you know. And now it's like, I think it's going to be for a long
1: time. I think it's <laughs> until maybe, yeah. It.
0: And now we just don't know. I
1: just am always thinking. I'm consistent. I have at this point been so consistently disappointed and it's been pushed back that my the way I just see it is this, it's always just going to be pushed back. Yeah. Like, of course, eventually we will be out of this. But I'm just erring on the side of the date they give me is not the date that it's yeah, going that's to probably be. wise. Um,
0: yeah it's going to be i mean they'll why they'll people will be writing this for the re- about this season for the rest of history you know it's 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 the entire world yeah I know I'm saying the obvious but I'm not reading enough about that because i'm looking i'm I'm probably not looking hard enough like I get on reddit or something like that but yeah. I'm going from Site to site. I'm like CNN, BBC, MSNBC, Slate, Daily Beast, New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. You
1: are really out there. I
0: always do that. And and I'm looking for an article that like reflects on this, reflects on like, you know, the existential meaning of it all and like how how it's all going to impact the world. But it's usually just really brief, quick, immediate right now in the moment headlines mm-hmm. and I'm like what's where's the reflections
1: I know I think there's going to be so many reflections on like what this has done for children what yes. this has done for families there's so there's so much to be reflected upon which is why I felt really like the more I'm talking about this the more I'm like I miss my old job now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was really fun to be in that space of kind of helping mediate families and be with families in yeah. kind of navigating a whole new territory. Um, oh, I had a thought. I think that this is something that it's, it's really interesting being on this podcast and sharing about this because I was just before I got the email from work that was like, here are your options. You can be laid off or furloughed or this other one. I was watching last week tonight with John Oliver and the whole episode was on people getting laid off and furlough and this whole thing. And I remember watching it and just being like, I think that this is about to be me. Like I've up until this point in my life, read about all these different times in history where people are all losing their jobs. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. What would it be to lose my job? And as I was watching, I was like, okay, yep. I can sense that this is me. And then the next day I got the email and I was like, Okay. Deep breath.
0: (laughs) And I still don't understand how it all works. I don't, I don't, I'm not a person that understands economics. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, stimulus and bailouts. And I'm like, is that going to help? Are we going to be okay? Is it going to, I know we'll have, we're already in a recession, but I don't know, like, ultimately, will there be a comeback? I think
1: there is. I think they're projecting a really big spike comeback in the economy after this. I hope
0: so. I hope so. I don't know. But But
1: that's, that's the last podcast I heard but you know there's all different kinds of things. Yeah. Um
0: the most I can I can I can swing aggressively between the worlds Coming to an end. We all knew this was going to happen. Like this is it. This is the, right. This is end times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. And then I can be like, maybe this is
1: every five minutes.
0: <laughs> I mean, and then I'm like maybe maybe society is going to grow from this. Maybe society is going to get innovative and learn that we need to come together and lean into our differences. And we're all humans, and let's work together. And like maybe. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that there is going to be if if this world doesn't end and doesn't all crash. <laughs> and burn, doesn't I do think that there's going to be. It's a a global trauma, a global experience. I think that there is something that's inevitably going to be shifted in perspective. I mean, Mm. there's no... No one can undo the shift in perspective of walking anywhere you go and there being empty streets everywhere and people wearing masks and there being this legit distance that has to be placed between folks. Like... There's no way that there's not psychological impacts happening there, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Nope. I mean, side note, and, well, you know, I don't think this is a podcast that worries about, like, isolating? Turning people off? What is it? I don't know. What do I want to say? Worries about, ah, don't know the word I want to use. Not happy about Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> On top of it all, I wish I wish there was like some sort of candidate that I could <laughs> look forward to. Every time yeah. I get online, I see something about him, I get really bummed out. I'm like, yeah. gosh, yeah, this I, is it.
1: I honestly this have guy. had to like, <laughs> like block that out. That was a sad L in the midst of <laughs> COVID. Like, let's be real. Yeah. But...
0: Moving on. Moving
1: on. Moving on. Okay. There's hope. There's hope. There's
0: hope, everybody. So, Uh,
1: this is that was me being sad.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And tomorrow, a new day begins.
1: Well, yeah. Or Saturday
0: or Monday? When's the new day?
1: So I'm going to, the new day.
0: What's the official day? I think
1: the official new day is Monday. Okay. And should I now share what my new job is? Yeah. This is your little,
0: This you get a three-day sabbatical? <laughs> a three-day sabbatical, exactly. Yeah, okay. What's your um, new job, Macy?
1: So my new job, I'm self-employed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this um, is pretty exciting, though. There's some exciting things on the horizon.
1: There is some exciting things. So here's the deal. Drum roll. <laughs> We're later going to talk about these concepts of vocation, job, career, nobody. Or er, nobody? What does that word say? Like hobbies. <laughs> nobody. <laughs>
0: I love that. <laughs> what, what would that be? That's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. you're going to get a good no small thing discussion out of this. Yeah, episode. okay.
1: I also want to preface that this has been a lot of catch up. Just because no, it's good though. I feel though. like we've owed it to the people yeah. And we'll get more into a truly like we're curious conversation about what our jobs. Yeah, we are people um, discussing vocation job careers. We're not just voices. Hobbies, aka nobody. Nobody's. But so one thing about myself is I like to paint, and it's one of my favorite things. And I didn't grow up doing it, and I didn't grow up thinking I was really creative, which is funny now. (laughs) Um, But I've always. Not always, for the past like two or three years i've thought what could it, like what would it look like to take myself seriously as an artist and have the time and materials and space to commit to my art and like I read about and we talk a lot about this idea of like an artist's life and kind of immersing yourself in your practice and immersing yourself in your medium and just as passionate as I feel about children and education and lots of other things. I feel that way about art and I've always like, again, not always. (laughs) Always. (laughs) I've always. (laughs) Since I was born. Honestly, two years ago, three years ago in spring, I had a really profound, about month of painting Hmm where I felt a lot of catharsis and a lot of passion and a lot of inspiration in my painting. And it was in around May time and it was, the season was right and I painted a lot. And so I've always, since having this job, I've a little bit mourned that I'm really busy with work and I come home from work tired and meaning to process lots of things and we do the podcast and I don't spend as much time painting as I would want because... To set up everything is a lot of effort and if I'm not in the flow, anyways. But I've always kind of had this like image in my mind of being my main focus is my artwork in the day and not feeling like I have other tasks besides that. And so (laughs) now that I'm on furlough and I'm hopefully going to get unemployment and I can't take other work, I am hoping to use this time to seriously commit to my art and commit to not just my art, but also the practice of it and also the selling of it. Like I have a lot of artwork that I just have and I don't really know what to do with it and I don't know how to share it. And I don't, are there some that you would be sad to part with? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's some I won't sell. Yeah. Um, no, there's some I definitely won't sell, but, I also feel like I need to start doing this Mm -hmm. or it's not going to happen. And so my hope is that this month of May, because that's at least, I I think I probably will be furloughed for a few months, but uh, I am at least for the month of May. So my quote unquote job is being an artist. That's what I'm like kind of telling myself. The art life. The art life. This is your studio probably outside not definitely inside but
0: um yeah I mean you do have your collage sitting here in the middle of the room
1: (laughs) the collage is just like a (laughs) a casual piece in the family room um so I also committed and they made like a I got a commission for a piece of art and shout out to my dad (laughs) (laughs) and I invested in more paint than more paint and canvases and supplies than I ever have and I feel weird about it but I also know that I was feeling incredibly limited I f- I'm on a paint like new direction I can sense that in myself and I
0: And you can see it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there my my paint style has really shifted. Yeah. Um but I'm really really excited for a chance to play yeah you know I just ordered a ton of new paints, and I ordered if anybody's out there who knows what alcohol links are I ordered a bunch of alcohol links and I cannot wait I cannot wait to play with them and use them and so I'm excited for this this month to come and I guess there's also if you guys are interested in following along like I will be I created a new art account to take myself woo, seriously because I'm woo. like, I have to take myself seriously and get people to follow me. And I'm going to eventually get a website where people can buy stuff. Do you want to tell stuff. people or are you not yes, ready? Yes, yes. Okay. I am officially Art Moves Both Ways. Art Moves Both Ways. That's my art name I'm going with, <laughs> my, my art brand. Um, because Does everybody
0: catch the Joanna Newsom reference? It's a
1: Joanna Newsom reference. time so moves both ways. And I think it really—it speaks to the way I paint. It speaks to my soul. I really like that name. So art moves both ways. At art moves both ways. Follow me. Give a like, like and subscribe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hit the bell. <laughs> um. Uh. I mean. Um, there, there's it's really my interesting. Update. I was listening to watching the Anna Wintour masterclass last night, and I don't know why I picked to watch her. I've always been. Mesmerized by her, I think she's a very mysterious person. Mm-hmm. In watching her, I was like, she's either a, a, a three or a one, very, very severely focused and <laughs> in, intense. I mean, I lean three, okay. But um, she, you know, she she's she's like an art director essentially. I mean, she puts together Vogue magazine and she's in the fashion world, and she just talks so confidently. But she just kept saying about all the designers that they're always working with. She's like you have to have a perspective and that's your own perspective and it's nobody else's. And Mm -hmm. she says the best designers just know who they are and they, and they share their vision with you. Hmm. And I was just like, what is she talking about? Like, I understand it, but I don't know. I don't experience that necessarily. I mean, we all do. I walk around in the world, I guess existing. So there's, I'm putting something into the world, Mm -hmm. putting words in a presence. And, but when it comes to art and creating things, like, I look at the new things you're creating and stuff, and even the old things you're creating for sure, but I'm just like, that is a perspective. Yeah. Like, you, that is a Macy piece. You know, I don't know anybody else that d- would do that.
1: Thank it's you. Really I cool. appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely can get in the headspace of, like, I mean, right now I'm like, I'm confident in my job as being an artist, <laughs> but <laughs> I can easily get in the headspace of, I'm not trained at all. This is kind of just a hobby. Like I have no skill, and I'm just doing this for fun. And everybody's so nice to say that they like my. But you have you,
0: you have you, you have you, and you have your heart, and you have your mind, and you have paints. You know, it's like what else?
1: It's true, and that's why I'm not. I'm. I'm trying to find this balance because I do want to. It would be cool if I could somehow at least, at least support my hobby with selling it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that that
1: would be the the minimum of what I'm hoping for that I could buy more paints yeah, and get to continue painting and share that with people and at least break even. Um, but it would be cool, you know, to, I don't know. There's something really dreamy and like very exciting to think about having the autonomy to choose if I wanted to go back to a work structure yeah. or do art. Yeah. You know, I I don't know what I would nest. Like I don't know where I lie, but it's fun to imagine a world in which I could be committed and that could be considered my job and I just do it as my job. So, we well, get to imagine that for a month, at least.
0: Head nods. Head big head nods. I and mean, we'll
1: see. We'll see what comes of it. I feel like I'm like on Monday, I'm come Monday I'm like going to be probably nervous, but it's like the the thing is just practice and creating a rhythm. I think I need to just find rhythms to keep creating and painting and do it.
0: And you just got to be light and playful with yourself. Right. I mean, that's the quote. uh, I mean, we're going to talk about some Elizabeth Gilbert stuff, but it's what I posted on our Instagram tonight. It's like this. Oh gosh. This quote was, uh, let me find it. Gosh, (laughs) I've got too many Instagram accounts, everybody. Um, uh, creativity is a crushing chore and a glorious mystery.
1: Creativity is a crushing chore and a glorious mystery. Yeah, oof.
0: I mean, oof. she's thinking about a as a writer. I think she's yeah. like, you gotta sit down, and you write. Yeah, you know, you don't, and you just gotta do it.
1: Yeah. yeah, I know, and I think for me, especially because I got, I've never had the amount of materials I'm gonna have when this mm-hmm. new order comes in, and that's that's something that like I legitimately still feel like weird about because I've just never had this much to work with. Yeah. Um but I really am trying to think about it as like I have these materials. It's my job every day to play with them and use them and make something out of them. And I will.
0: Yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, okay. watching this thing last night, it was this thing of like, and this is what I see happening with you. You know, she said she, she always sees these people or because she's always tracking the up and coming people. And it's like, when they're starting off they they work and work and work and you can tell they're working on their vision and finding their voice and eventually they find it mm-hmm. but it takes so much time and effort. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, that sounds really cool. And I can see it. I mean, we're watching it. We're looking here in the house like the evolution, you know. <laughs> the
1: evolution. But of the you, had you, ha- you had to
0: start. You you had to start.
1: I know. I like my I like my older style work yeah. and I think I'll still continue to I'm, I'm inspired by it and I'll continue to keep doing some of those methods but I also have developed new skills and ways of manipulating the paint that I feel so proud of.
0: Me too. Well, so, proud, whatever. So uh, that's excited? Cool.
1: Okay. Proud. I, I think proud. that this is this has been a lot. Yeah. And I think it's time to hear about this guy who's got a job. <laughs>
0: I have a job. <laughs> Should we uh, take a break?
1: Maybe. Sure, let's take a break.
0: Okay, when we come back I'll tell on. you a little bit about my job.
1: Perfect. Okay, you guys, we are back, and we are here to catch up with Scott, because the last time we talked, you were in between jobs.
0: In between jobs.
1: You were self-employed is what I kept telling you to yeah, claim we, yourself We as. just listened to a little <laughs> clip.
0: I wasn't self-employed, but uh, I liked saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Worked at a church.
1: This is. This, can <laughs> I just say that this is obviously? I'm like in that episode. I was like, I like it when you say you're self-employed, and I'm currently doing that. Too. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Now you're doing like, it. Here I am. I'm self-employed.
0: <laughs> We're all so predictable. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> Even though you don't want to be predictable. Um, yeah. Worked at this church with Macy, no mm-hmm. less. Um, not working at that church and had a five month break. And some nice time to really think. Now, mm-hmm. for me personally, I think one of the things I was trying to wrestle with is I have always enjoyed this role of youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like that was over. Um, however, I don't know how to say this without sounding like, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just okay. let, let myself sound arrogant. Okay. Maybe that's leaning into eight. Okay. I, I've, I've, I've like overdone it. I've overdone it in youth ministry to the point where I'm like, I'm I'm too confident about the way I think it should be done. Hmm. And the structure around like modern youth ministry, I guess I'll, I'll get like nerdy about youth ministry for a second. It doesn't, it's a really weird setup. Like uh, for somebody like me, because like, you know, a lot of youth pastors are like in their early 20s, it's their first job and they want to become a pastor. So they use it like a springboard. Um, and so like the program is primarily dictated by the parents and like a senior pastor or something like that and now that i'm 40 and i've been doing this for so long i have a very particular way i want to do it and very few churches that i know of would want to accommodate that
1: and you weren't doing it when you were in your younger years as a springboard or were never you, never you were i've always speaking? started taking
0: it very seriously yeah i know i never said i wanted to I've, i mean i've always entertained the idea of being like a senior pastor of church, but it's only because that's what society essentially tells you is the the goal. Yeah. But I've always been like, I don't think so. I don't know. Um,
1: the structure of a church, many churches at least, yeah. definitely don't allow for a lot of autonomy of a youth ministry, I would say. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, or the youth pastor for that matter. Yeah. Um, but I had a really good run at a church here uh, on Queen Anne called Bethany Prez. Uh we're we're at that church now, it's really great. Um I just wanna make sure I say that. But um yeah, so I, I was I was walking around in the world saying I wanted to be Seattle's youth pastor. I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. Um then there was this guy. I don't know how long to get into this story.
1: I think you I would love to get into this story.
0: Okay. Um this is be fun that I'm gonna talk about June for a second. <laughs> A uh, guy named June Young, um, who came out uh, and was kicked off several Christian boards, you know.
1: Came out as gay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think realized just how, I think a lot of us are, I, I, I think I, a lot of us, and I'm sad to say it. I sad, I'm sad to say that how long it took me. We're realizing how bad it was, mm-hmm. you know. Like I was able to live in, maybe, maybe I'll just rant about this for a little bit. I was able to live in this like weird Christian bubble for so long where all of us were like just congratulating each other for just, just being welcoming essentially Mm -hmm. and not what we call like in Christian, I guess, church speak affirming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the more I engaged on this topic, the the more I was confronted with, it's just, it's just as bad as it could be. It's really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And
1: welcoming and not affirming is yeah. not cool. welcoming.
0: Yeah, and it's also not right. It's it's yeah. like it's unjust, it's causing tons of harm. Um and as a youth pastor, I was like, this is and also now I'm looking at it and it's like irrational, like unnecessary, irrational. Just uh um
1: And as a youth pastor, you're in a space where you're practically working with in community with youth who mm-hmm. are a part of the LGBTQ community and yeah. are vulnerable because of their place in society as being a teenager and yeah. then also vulnerable as being a part of the LGBT community. And so your role is to pastor them, and you weren't able to do that.
0: And churches are particularly bad. Yeah. Which is also so frustrating. mm mm-hmm. And I think also we just have to say simultaneously I'm recording a podcast here in this house of queer folks every week you know and learning a lot and being very impacted and um yeah so um So June June started an organization called Beloved Arise. Okay so we can just say that's what I'm doing right now. I'm working for this organization called Beloved Arise which exists to support queer youth of faith. And um it's it's a nonprofit organization uh sort of it was so June and I were talking. He and I would meet, and mostly it was just to check in on here how we were doing. And I would I would dream and talk out loud about like what I hope to do, and then he would tell me about Beloved Arise and what he would hope Beloved Arise would be. It was like a lot of ideation, mm-hmm. and it was really fun just to hear him go off. Like he would talk for like an hour, and I was like, "This sounds so cool!" And yeah, I mean, I could really see where it's going to go and what it could be, and mm-hmm. and how it's necessary. And um, eventually, through all these conversations, we were just like. I was like, I would love to help you with this. I would love to be involved. Yeah. You know, I would love to bring my experience uh, and, you know.
1: Opinions, opinions and yeah. your years of work working with youth. Yeah. Yeah. To this. Mm-hmm.
0: And he was in for that, you know. So um, we came up with a way to create a job for me for that, and we did it. Um, but part youth of it,
1: pastors, too. Seattle's youth pastors. Seattle's you, youth pastors. You kind pastor. of got that title. you' literally
0: called that title. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then part of it was starting an open and affirming youth group here in Seattle. And so that was really exciting because um, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I guess, I guess one of the things that I'd want to communicate, which I'll, 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 I'll conclude with a little bit of this, but just how thrilling it's been. Mm-hmm. There's been moments of fear, but the fear has also been sort of thrilling. It's like, mm-hmm. you want to live, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like what you're going to do with your art here. You know, you want to live on the edge a little bit just in terms of how you're creatively engaging your life. Yeah. So the fact that I'm having to like piecemeal together this thing, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I also need some leaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So Macy, Reuben, and Matthew are leaders, which (laughs) is really helpful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And many others.
0: Yeah, many others. Yeah, we have about 14 or 15 leaders now. But I remember in the very, very, very early moments, I was thinking, I think we're going to do this youth group. I think I'm going to do this Beloved Arise thing. And I had picked you up from the airport. Mm -hmm. And I was like, would you be a leader? And I think you were probably the first to say yes, and I was just like, oh, that makes me feel so much better because I was feeling very scared and alone, and like I was like, oh, if Macy's going to do it, that makes me already feel like 10 times you're better. Not,
1: you're not alone yeah. in it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. your main role, would you say your main role is leading the the youth group in Seattle? I
0: think it's about 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just say this, though. Um, ask, a, ask a local church here called Wallingford Pres if we could use their building. Um, and then we had a youth group and a bunch of kids showed up. and We
1: did. And it now we're cool. doing
0: it. And now we're doing it.
1: We had you two know? youth group gatherings yeah. in person. Yeah. And then...
0: And then we've been doing COVID. Zoom. Yeah. Uh, but we've got this awesome team.
1: Yeah. Do you, you want know? to share what it's been like leading a youth group in COVID? Because I think that's cool too. And it's been really fascinating and having to adjust. Like your job started. Yeah. And it's... Lead, you're supposed to create a community essentially. Yeah. And within two weeks, it's like, okay, now you can't gather as a community, but your job still is to create a community.
0: Yeah. You know? Isn't that wild? That's why I think it's been so fun to be, like, creative. And, I mean, oh, my gosh. I'm just going to turn into this now. I do this with whatever I'm watching. Like, I was quoting Rick Rubin forever, and now I'm going to be quoting Anna Wintour. You are. But she was just talking about the – like, she kept saying last night, you're nothing without a team, and I've always believed that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, like, um, love – working with kids, uh, but I also just love creating a team that has really good vibes and energy and, and empowering people to use their gifts and, Mm -hmm. um, and creating, yeah, like I said, creating a community. So, I mean, I guess part of it is just our, we have these weekly leaders meetings, zoom meetings on Saturdays and that's really special.
1: Yeah. Those are really special.
0: And you can tell a community is developing and Mm -hmm. like people are really getting to know each other and learning to trust each other and,
1: Via Zoom. Yeah, via Via Zoom. Zoom. We're down here doing
0: it. (laughs) And then hosting this Monday night youth gathering, it was like so weird the first week to be like, I guess we're doing Zoom. Maybe we'll only be doing this for a few weeks. And now it feels like uh, obviously for a long time.
1: Well, and now it's integrated to where it's, we have a teen from Hawaii. And we're having to think about what it's going to look like to keep an online presence and what it would look like to create an open and affirming youth space. Yeah, for kids to come online, yeah. even if it's not in the Seattle area.
0: I feel really so happy about what we're doing and so happy to have these kids and these leaders and families and parents that we're working with and then just to be involved in this conversation. I think that's why you I, I keep saying that phrase to you, like mm-hmm. joining Beloved Arise, I feel, and doing... Oh, we call our youth group Rebel, everybody. Rebel! And I, won't, I won't get too much into why I chose that name, but... Um that's a whole other thing. <coughs> <coughs> um It's
1: not for what you think, I feel like. Who? Like I feel like people would think Rebel it's like well
0: cause anarchy and chaos or something. Yeah,
1: although it maybe is a little bit that, but sorry. Do
0: you want uh, me to talk about it? I a think you bit? should
1: talk a little bit about it. I <laughs> guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like <laughs> it's cool. I feel like it's a part of if not I feel like Beloved Arises so much a way in which you're allowed to (laughs) fulfill a dream you've had, but you've had this dream of rebel in the youth group with the premise of rebel for a long time. I feel like,
0: yeah, I think it's a philosophy of sorts. I think, I think when you look at, this is my thing. Like when you look at youth ministry, I don't know who started it. I mean, I know some names, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I mean, it was like in the thirties or something. And it, it also seems kind of haphazard. Like they thought people thought they were going to lose kids in the church. So they threw together some sort of, strange little plan to like play some games and sing some rock songs to kids mm-hmm. and and then it just never changed. I think when I've when I've looked at a lot of the like the the people we even follow on no small thing, like the people we've interviewed. I mm-hmm. think certain people reach a point where they've studied and read the books and done it and now they're I mean it's what really what we're talking about with your art. Mm-hmm. They 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 start to get confident about their thing, you know. Yeah, they I, start
1: they start doing it in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And just creating and trusting their instincts and that their training has got brought them to where mm-hmm. they need to go.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think the this, the way I've been thinking about lately is like, what about this idea? Like was, was Jesus ever walking up to like teens and youth and telling them to repent and believe the good news and all this, you know, like I think the message that Jesus had and the way it was like for, for religious leaders of the day and political leaders mm-hmm. and, Um, sometimes I feel like we just do way too much to kids in terms of like forcing them to believe something Mm
1: -hmm. rather
0: than just giving them space to be themselves and loving them and caring for them and guiding them. And yeah, so I always say like a teenager in terms of their developmental needs need to push back and they literally need to rebel. And the way we sort of stigmatize that in churches and, um, make them feel like they're not Christians are not Jesus followers because they're pushing back and because they have a voice and because they want to question and because um, they have criticisms of the church, which mm-hmm. is valid and good, and we need their voices. So I don't know. I want the premise to be something that supports that. Yeah. That's well. I mean. I could talk about that all day.
1: Fist pump. Yeah. <laughs> it's your job. It's your job. So what's the other half of your job besides this cool-ass youth group? The
0: other one is I'm really trying to find my way. It's sort of being like an ambassador. Like... I I I mean, I'm trying to help Beloved Arise get the word out that it exists, you know. So, helping with Instagram, we may start a podcast here for Beloved Arise with our friend Maddie.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Hopefully, uh, a YouTube channel. So like things like that. Like really trying to get the message out. Everybody,
1: and, we're giving you all of our plugins at Art Moves Both Ways at Beloved Arise.
0: <laughs> yes, there Check you go. It out.
1: Check out Beloved Arise website. It's yeah. A it's a really good website. website. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. June, really June is an Enneagram change. 3, everybody. So he really brings the... And he runs an and advertising agency.
1: Well, Elvita Rise has a whole team and a board yeah. and a lot of people yeah. working It's pretty cool. It. I'm, it I'm cool. really
0: excited to be working with them. Um, so... That's like the gist. That's the gist of my job. How
1: are you feeling? Because this job has allowed you to kind of not have a going into the office and having a boss necessarily kind of energy. How is that feeling for you?
0: Okay, everybody, uh, quarantine with an Enneagram 5, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, we have a little game room in the back of our house. Macy would probably say, oh, it's a big game room. Don't say little game room. <laughs> 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 it's a game room with a ping pong table. But it's it's been like, when we moved into the house, we had little kids. And so it was kind of a place where we kept toys and stuff. And it was mm-hmm. just like a throwaway room. I think we imagined it being a, a room where like the kids could roughhouse in or something like that. But we turned it into an office. So I've got this office downstairs in the back. And I get to choose exactly what to do with my time mm-hmm. and I have found to my joy that I am actually very productive when left to my own devices. Yeah, um, I've been busy every day from like 10 to nine. I mean, it's like I, I, I shouldn't. I mean, the only thing I realize is that I, I, I am inclined to overwork.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, just cause I believe in this so much and it's so fun. Like it's so fun to own something and know that it's yours. Mm-hmm. And, build momentum. And then the feedback I keep getting, like every step of the way, like I, I was talking to a potential new leader today. I told you that already. And it's just like, every time I talk to somebody about what we're doing, it's just all big, good vibes, you know? And so that's cool. That's mm-hmm. really cool to be doing that. Um, but yeah, for me, Macy compared to Macy, I don't need the, <laughs> the outside the structure. feedback and the outside structure. It's like, if anything that, that completely, um, disrupts or derails me mm-hmm. you know like I could be working on something and this is what ha- this happened to me a lot in the past I could be working on something and and have a great and rational timeline to get it done and we'll probably get it done sooner than most people would think mm-hmm. and somebody can just come in and be like how's that thing going and I'm like oh I'm not gonna do it The moment somebody says that, (laughs) like not doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you and I can both be stubborn like that. Yeah. (laughs) Although, you know, but you don't do that with
0: a work environment. It's not, that doesn't happen for me. You do that with friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You do that with (laughs) me. (laughs) I do that with, which I guess this is also a work environment. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the finale. I guess talking about no small thing, but.
1: Yeah. I know. Well, that's, yeah, that's another part. It's like both of us now. I have more time now to be the one that's working for the podcast mm-hmm. than you do. Working for the podcast. And you, when you were in between jobs, were definitely the one kind of working more for the podcast.
0: Yeah. I realized I built some habits during that season that is is, is being slightly hard to maintain, which I don't even know if it's, it's necessary. Right. You know? But I, put, I really put it on myself. I, I had like a goal of posting like 10 stories a day. And oh, and that's, whoa. I'm really sloughing on that these days. And I'm like, that's okay. Yeah, It's not the end of the world, but yeah. No, uh, yeah, I just wake up in my house quarantine, But I have, every day I have more than enough to do. I'm like, um, but it, I guess one of the fun things is paying t- attention to my intuition in terms of what I feel like needs to get done and what mm-hmm. needs to take priority and yeah. knowing that that actually generally works. I mean, we all know I'm not like, the most organized person in the world, but there is good momentum on a lot of stuff that we're working on. So I could talk about this all day.
1: Yeah. No, I feel, I feel like you are thriving in the more open environment.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing is that you understand and appreciate is there is the, 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 I think the element that adds the, the real juice to this whole thing is, is the learning. Mm -hmm. Like, Space to study and read and and figure out like how we're going to enter into this conversation and I think we' learning some
1: queer theory everybody I, I mean we're but, very but, excited,
0: <laughs> but um even our conversation with a ashan is yeah. part of i think what we're doing, like yeah, there are so many um great leaders, philosophers, theologians, justice workers who I'm excited to meet and work with and learn from. I mean, as Sean said, that's one of the things that stood out most from the interview was this isn't meant to change you too. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've already been changed so much and looking forward to being changed more and growing and learning. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So
1: it's pretty exciting.
0: It's really, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I don't think, you know, it's pretty cool.
1: It's reeling with excitement <laughs> right now. It's whatever
0: excitement means. Um, yeah. Couldn't be more,
1: no, it is. It's it's a good direction, I feel like, for
0: you. Maybe you can be more... I, I, I can't imagine at this stage being more satisfied with where yeah. I'm at, you know? Um,
1: I feel like in the last episode, if people were listening, you... Like, it's fun to hear you say that knowing where you were a few months yeah. ago. Just not knowing, yeah. you know? And really hoping that you could find something that fits you. Yeah. So.
0: Bam, bam, bam. Um. There's, There's the jobs that. update. That's it. We got, we gave the jobs update. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> when we come back, <laughs> when we come back, everybody, we're gonna get to some real actual.
0: A little philosophical discussion. A little discussion.
1: philosophical. A little we're jobs. gonna get curious about what even jobs are. <laughs> are so Bye. <laughs>
0: Hey, we are back, everybody. We're going to talk about some different um, lenses to talk about this concept of the way you um, uh, use your talents and efforts in the world.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: <laughs> Skills and Jobs? energy.
1: Vocation. Career. And, nobodies. and nobody's And nobodies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is something that um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and Big Magic and a few other great books... Okay. She came out with a, bu- a book recently that I haven't read, but my wife read it, and I'm a big am a big Elizabeth Gilbert fan. Okay. Um, I big you would you would love Big Magic actually for this season in your life. It's it's essentially how to capture the magic of creativity, Ooh. and she does it in a way that's like right up your alley, probably, with talking sort of more about the, the meta concept of like what you're tapping into. And then give some pointers for sure. But she also had a two-year podcast called Big Magic, and she would—I
1: think I've listened to some yeah, of that. Yeah. She'd have something
0: called Magic Lessons, where she would have a caller come in, and she'd help them through like getting unstuck in a creative project or something like that. Um, okay, so she, so we're going to start with jobs. She says, "Here's the thing about a job: it doesn't have to be awesome. If you do, if it doesn't have oh, here's the thing about a job: it doesn't have to be awesome. It doesn't have to fulfill you." It doesn't have to be joyful. It just has to pay. Yeah. I've had so many jobs that I didn't love. I've had so many jobs that I didn't like. Whatever. You go and you do it. Give them the thing you're giving them and take the money in return. That is the exchange. Yeah. If it's killing you, if it's toxic, if you're being abused and manipulated, if it's terrible, you can get out of it. If you can get a better job, do it. Just recognize your job doesn't have to be your whole life. Yeah. Your life can be outside of that.
1: Yes. I think major snaps to that thought.
0: Okay. What does it have to do with our conversation tonight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> or
0: do you have to, you can discard well, that
1: question? I, I agree with that thought. I think that's important to note. I think that I, my personality, and as a person, yeah. would have a hard time doing that and would find a way to either find a passion for whatever quote unquote job I'm in or have to leave. Yeah. Like, I just think that my own way I work is I'm very much motivated if I'm invested in something. I don't know. I, I don't think I would be as good of an employee if I'm just there for the money. So that, that's just my initial thoughts. I don't really know what that has to say about our, I mean, it, it's speaking to something different than what I guess I'm trying to do right now.
0: Okay. Maybe you're not trying to do a job right now,
1: right. right? Like if I, I think jobs are wonderful, but if I could get something different, like if there is a way to have your passion and that help you to that provide for you, that's the like that's the dream. Like I think so.
0: I think she was. She says this in the context that for the longest time she had day jobs, right? And and for like ten years before she became a successful writer, still took her writing very seriously, right. Yeah. Which
1: and I that think that's the thing. It's like recognizing and realizing that things outside of that job, you can have those passion and find the fulfillment just as much outside of your job as within a job, which yeah. I think is important to know. Yeah. Which is like, for me, I have enjoyed my job. When I was working at Hilltop and felt passionate about it, but I also felt fulfilled and passionate about things outside of it.
0: I don't know. You do know. You said it.
1: What do you? What are your thoughts around that?
0: Well, I think it's helpful. I mean, this whole premise is helpful. Like, I think it's saying it's giving. I, I think maybe it's tr- this whole little setup she's giving right here is trying to counteract this thing that you do have to love your job, right. and it causes people some great anxiety. Just to be like, I do. Like, I thought it was just to like make money and pay bills, and now I have this extra burden of like wondering if this is my true calling in life. You know, yeah. whatever it is that you're doing for your day job.
1: Um, I I think, I think that there is probably different personalities that would do better with an idea of a job and might like more of it being I go to work and I don't care too much about this. Yeah, I get structure. paid and then I'm off the clock and yeah. it's out of mind and I get to live my life. I think that for some people that might be the best, like the ideal for them.
0: Yeah, I think... Well let's just do any for a second. Mm-hmm. I think that's good for ones, twos, sixes, nines, those are sometimes eights. The least fives. The least appealing what I I would guess would be threes, fours, fives, sevens. Mm-hmm. W- wouldn't like the idea of like a day job that I just go to.
1: Right, like I'm I'm trying to get behind it to be honest. Yeah. As I hear it, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can't think of a job that I've had that I haven't f- either made myself to yeah. feel passionate about or found something different.
0: But I think her point too is uh, if if you just had like a job, well, and you and you do and did mm-hmm. tier, uh, for Hilltop, but um. That funds your true passion and calling. Mm -hmm. But actually, I mean, you're kind of in the ballpark too of like, you know, childhood development being a true passion and calling. Like, you didn't really mention that, that you're thinking about. Oh, that I would
1: love to one day go to school to become a play therapist. Yes. That's in the docket, everybody. Be prepared. Uh,
0: Okay. Here's a career.
1: Okay. A career. Here is another thing you do
0: not have to have a career is a job that you're passionate about and that you love. So job is just something you go do to make money. A career is something you're willing to make sacrifices for. You're willing to work extra hours for. You're willing to put your life on hold for this thing because you believe in the mission of what your career is.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting definition of career.
0: That sounds a little bit of like the zone I'm in a little bit right now. A mm-hmm. little bit. Like entering into a little bit of that zone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like early childhood education is... I think it would I would consider it a career for me. Yeah, I would.
0: There you go. There it is. I like it. (laughs) And maybe now we're gonna get into hobby and vocation. So I wonder if you
1: I feel like vocation feels more on brand for my art.
0: Maybe. And it's
1: for me, I also want to disqualify. It's not just art, like I'm hoping, like it's the whole like. creations that i could make you know and i i I, just paint right i include the podcast in this somewhat but also i do have hopes and dreams of making some more listening parties and like other kinds of creations like i'm just i'm trying not to limit it to paint. that's all i'll say okay vocation hobbies
0: so that's jobs here comes career uh you should love your career or not have one she says
1: yeah, because it's like if you're going to commit and be willing to make sacrifices for something you don't yeah. love, that's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, like I would go to school and work and go to school to become better in the field, like to be higher up in my field. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, would feel worth it. Yeah.
0: Um, she says, if you are in a career that you can't stand, my suggestion is that you quit that career and just get a job just mm. go get a regular job to pay the bills so you can do other things. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Maybe mm. it's good advice for you people listening. I think you so. people, you people listening to this podcast.
1: Well, I think that was something <laughs> that we were talking about with when you were in your in between jobs of like maybe it would be nice to just get something completely outside of the field you've been in just to see something else and just to know that yeah, you can just go to work and get paid and it's it doesn't have to be this Thing that you've built up, yeah. You know
0: that's true. I it almost sounds like death to me, but I mean that's that's something I need to work on. Yeah, you know, like I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I I just remember like having those jobs in high school, you know. And it's like again, I think we mentioned we did mention this in the last podcast, and we wanted to say this isn't dissing these jobs. This is to say it's not for me. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Um, and then somebody could say, who do you think you are? And I'm like, I don't know who I think I am. I just know. Me. I worked at Wendy's. I worked at a movie theater. And I worked at JCPenney. And it was just those menial jobs of like showing up and being told to fold some clothes. Yeah. Or oh, I worked at Abercrombie and J.Crew. I worked in a lot of retail.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it just killed me. It just killed me. Yeah. And I was terrible at it. I'd always no, try to add some flair well or some retail? vision. I'd be like, okay, I've got a vision for this this zone of the J crew store. And I'd try to change it up and they'd be like, what, what, this is not what we asked you to do. I'm like, well, I've got to be able to do something here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, okay. And I'm not a three. So I would also have a hard time, like upselling people, you know, people like if you, if they buy these jeans, offer them to these shoes. You know I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. On um, vocation. A vocation is a calling. A vocation is a divine invitation. A vocation is the voice of the universe in your ear saying, we want you to do this thing. Use your talents and gifts and make this thing. Hmm. Vocation, it comes from the Latin, a calling, to be called. A vocation is the highest possible pursuit you can do. Writing was my vocation for about seven to ten years before it became my job. Long before anybody was interested in what I was writing, writing was my sacred vocation. I had a commitment to my vocation that said, I will do this for as long as I breathe, regardless of whether anything ever comes of it. And in the meantime, I will have a job. And what I will not have is a career.
1: Hmm. For a long
0: time, it, it writing was a private vocation. And then it became a job because I got a few jobs working at magazines, doing some journalism. And then it became a career, which is what it is for me now. And then she says, here's the thing. My career as a writer might end someday. The publishing industry might end someday. People might decide they don't care about my books anymore. And my career as a writer will end, but my vocation will not. Yeah. That's nice.
1: I've, yeah. I like that. I like the idea of... And I can see that for myself, mm-hmm. you know. But I definitely feel like I have... I, and this is something that's just always... I feel like I'm always torn. I have feel like I have lots of things that could be vocations. Yeah. So ever, I've never really known what is the one. Because... I do love, I love working with people. Like, that's inevitable. I love, like, need that. But then I also really do love to work with my creative mediums. And that is, like, more of a private thing. But I can't imagine, for me, I couldn't imagine not having both of those. You know, like, they almost need each other. So,
0: That makes sense. I know that to be true about you.
1: Do you feel like youth ministry is your vocation?
0: It's a great question, I I do think it's a career at this point. Yeah, you know, which is fine.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's
0: more than fine. Like I was saying earlier, like I'm excited about what we're doing right yeah. now. Um, and maybe I don't know my vocation, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Writing, beat making.
0: <laughs> I do think there's like some more creative pursuits I want to try, you yeah. know, but that I haven't had. The time where I haven't given myself the space to do it. So, yeah. um, I mean, you know the types of things that captivate me, but I don't really do it myself.
1: What What are you referencing?
0: Oh, you know, like all the artists and musicians and movies and you know, David yeah. Lynch, like the a, art life, and a
1: myriad of yeah. all kinds of art. I'm medium. watching
0: David Lynch in his studio create this art, and I my jaws to the floor, and I'm salivating, and I'm like, I wish with my whole being, I could do that. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not like, oh, this is a cool artist. Not for me though. You know? Yeah. I'm like, what?
1: You got to get some paint supplies, some art supplies,
0: maybe some art supplies. I still am very that intimidated cool. by paint. You know, yeah. But... it doesn't have
1: to be paint. It could be art supplies, anything. There's like a thousand mediums.
0: Um, I, I think in terms of a vocation, there may be some, there may be a through line that comes with the podcast and like my new job in terms of being like.
1: A mediator.
0: A mediator is something. And, um, I mean, when we were talking to a I think there's something about academia where it's being given permission to have the deep conversations and having to be part of your career. Like mm-hmm. I like reading and thinking and talking. That's what I like doing. Um, I get, I get really excited about ideas. Yeah. Um, so a I could sit and listen to him for five hours and then I could go talk about him for five hours and then wake up the next day and talk about it again. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what is that what kind of vocation that is, but um
1: No, I do. I could see you going back to school and academia being a vocation of sorts. I feel like that is kind of your natural state of being. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems so it seems so like um too good to be true. Like mm. I when I, I, we sometimes walk around like UW campus or something, which is so beautiful here in Seattle. And I just mm. want to walk around because I was sort of a late bloomer. Like, first of all, I thought I was stupid. So I didn't really pay much attention at school because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm stupid. <laughs> also, I had ADD.
1: so sad. You know,
0: and um, I think I didn't have, like, quick wins yeah. psychologically when I was young. So I just said, I'm not good at school. Yeah. Um, now, the crazy thing is, is I loved reading.
1: I like, like, get my book learning. assignments
0: and I'd read, and somebody be like, Write your paper. Well, I'm not really good at writing papers, and the things I'm saying are not going to be good. So, like, I'm just going to give a B effort. You know, I did much better grad school than I did undergrad. But um, now I walk around and, and see people at UW and be like, Do you realize how lucky you are? You're just sitting around here hanging out with friends on this beautiful campus and learning. You're just going to a class and you get to learn.
1: Probably do realize. No,
0: I think half of them are like, "Well, we gotta to go to class," you know, and like. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I when I was in college, I was constantly yeah. like, "I can't believe <laughs> this! Oh my Good. goodness!" I'm glad I meet it. all my professors because <laughs> I have to get everything I can for this. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, mean, I think that was the sentiment of most people. <laughs> At least oh the ones God. I was surrounded by. <laughs> what? Uh this is
0: this is a great example of the same interaction, but I'm being I'm taking it a much more playful <laughs> way this time. Oh my so. gosh. Oh no. Living, we're growing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but maybe there are. There there might be some skeptic. There probably my are. My
0: general experience of people in school is that they don't want to be there, even college students. I mean, that's a meme. Like If there's a movie about college, it's that people are skipping their classes, they're going to parties, they're not wanting to do their homework...
1: Yeah, I guess maybe that—that's probably true. There probably are more people with that I think I'm probably just
0: you're yeah you the people <laughs> I'm projecting
1: when I
0: talk to college kids, they're not like I love college. It's so I'm so lucky. They're like, oh I got this paper! I can't believe I got to do this paper. Go now you're in you're in you're in the house with some not fair people. Like <laughs> they like school. You, our people here, Reuben and Matthew, like school generally speaking, and they thrive in it. And Reuben loves to learn and. So not the best examples. Um, yeah. Uh, live poll, everybody. DM us and tell us what you thought about college. Did you like it? Ultimately, maybe. but are you tell, grateful
1: in the moment? Tell me
0: in the moment mm-hmm. what you thought. I, oh, oh, okay. We're both projecting because in the moment I was like not here for these classes.
1: Right. I do think that we yeah. are both just projecting. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> there. We, we've, we've established We've discovered it. some things. Okay. Uh, she doesn't really go into hobby. She brings it up. I, I want to hear I missed what she it. says about. Hobbies. She goes, if you have a hobby or if you have a vocation, you can live a creative life at the same time as living in the material world. Think about those words. Maybe she says hobby at the beginning before job. Uh oh. If you're working a job, maybe maybe I, maybe I missed okay. hobby, career.
1: That's the thing. Is I. I go back and forth cuz painting is kind of like a hobby, but I don't hobby feels a little bit like it's not the right word. It's not weighty enough to me.
0: I I don't I don't want to really call the podcast. I almost want to come up with a different word for the podcast. I don't I don't I don't necessarily think it's a vocation. It's definitely not a career. It's definitely not a job, but a hobby feels like a major demotion of no small thing. Yeah. Like it definitely feels more than a hobby.
1: Yeah. Of
0: a passionate pursuit. A passionate pursuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just created a new <laughs> A
1: new a new phrase. Yeah. We've got vocation jobs. A career, passion. Nobody in a passionate pursuit. A passionate
0: pursuit. A passionate pursuit. Yeah. I mean, this feels like maybe it's an intersection of all the things except for job. Like it has hobby vibes, it has vocation vibes, it has career vibes. It's everything
1: but getting paid. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but maybe... Okay, final thought about jobs.
1: Okay. Who is this the final thought about jobs? This
0: is it. This okay. is the final <laughs> thought. Um, my final thought, if you have another final thought, please. I mean, I'm going to bring up another person again. These people are just going to cycle through our lives. You'll hit, you. Halvick Rubin cycle through a little bit, and then you'll have Anna Wintour cycle through. Okay,
1: just tell just me who an, it is. Tom Sachs. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, Tom Sachs is an amazing artist, but he treats his work life with like absolute rigidity and seriousness. So it seems like simultaneously he's having fun Mm -hmm. and the rigidity makes it. So he's able to have a lot of freedom and creativity, but I think he is like, this is my job.
1: Mm -hmm. This is
0: my job. And there's no like demotion at that word for him. It's a very high thing. And I think he'd probably be fine with the word vocation and calling. But I also think, I think, if he were to speak to this, I imagine him wanting to bring us back down to earth and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, vocation, sure, divine calling, yeah, career, it's your job. Show up, get to work. This is your studio. I know. It's just
1: that I think I need that. Yeah. I think I need that. I kind do too, of- honestly. I do too. That kind of energy. Yeah. Um. Am I, fi- do I have a, fi- I'm going to have a final thought, I guess.
0: No, I am the man. I get the I don't final know thought. if I have a
1: final <laughs> thought, honestly. Okay. Plate. This has been an interesting journey. I feel like the podcast, we're trying to live a less certain and more curious life. And this episode feels kind of funny because we really did deep dive our updates. So if you were curious about that, that's pretty fun. Um, Are you ending it? I don't know. Are we ending it?
0: I'm going to, I'm going to bring up these listener comments really quick.
1: Okay. Bring up we don't have comments. to go hard
0: on them, but like. Everybody who posted for you to share. We asked on what uh,
1: is a job?
0: What? Yeah. I have to pull it up because I'm in a different account right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my final thoughts are just I'm trying to be really curious and open and playful in the next little season and see what could come. And, yeah, I think trying to take this idea of a job seriously and take myself, my vocation, as a job. I think that that is I'm
0: really excited for you.
1: Well, see. I mean, I I hope that I follow through because I feel like I can get I can lose in, lose steam, so I'm trying not to lose steam. I'm saying this out loud so it's accountable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe we yeah, well, maybe we can find some ways It's it's a uh, catch 22 because if we lean into the accountability, you might I know, I have, to, I have
1: to figure, I'm figuring out what will work best for me. Okay,
0: uh, w- w- let's just say, everybody, I'm really freaking tired of these bots getting into our DMs. I don't know who these people are, but it's like we try to ask questions in our stories, and people, these messages, these bots, we get hello, we announced the- that you've been chosen to win an iPhone 11. Hey, thank you in advance for your support, crown emoji. What is this?
1: Okay, what are the thoughts from uh, people that are real people that are listeners?
0: Okay, Sarah D, 1781, our friend, says, and I think Sarah's a five. Nurse here, constant policy changes, living in mm. fear, thankful to have a job, though. Yes. Yeah. Thankful to have a job. And then Thank she you. gave the the masks of the smiling and happy faces. The masks.
1: Yeah, I. this is a really interesting thing to be talking about, like... The, Everybody's jobs right now are so influx, and some people are being stretched in their jobs beyond their capacity, yeah. and being asked to do do more work. While we're, I don't know, it it feels really complicated that I'm also in the season of like, and now I'm not working, yeah. you know, while some people are being asked to work more. I don't
0: know. You do know, <laughs> 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 uh, our friend Michaela said, can't do it anymore. Yeah. I forget, I don't, I forget what Michaela's job is. Do you know, Michaela? What's your job? Are is you a climber Micta? as well? Is yeah. That
1: She's an uh, instructor, I think.
0: Also like a climbing instructor? Yeah, I think ah. so. Michaela, correct us if we're wrong. I'm sorry. And then here comes some more. Oh, oh, Storked on Life is not a bot. Storked on Life said, oh, nice. Zoom and FaceTime to stay connected with the youth I work with. I miss seeing them.
1: Mm-hmm. That's sweet. I feel that.
0: Okay, then I did a little thing, and I said, what is a job? Oh,
1: I have this up, so I can read it. Okay, do you want to do it? Yeah, and we only got the responses from Daniel. Some good... Uh, Although someone said, do you like like fashion lifestyle? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I love that Daniel did this. He said, optimistically, fundraising, or if we're fortunate, structure for what we love in life... And then that's his, <laughs> that's great his one. optimistic <laughs> definition yeah. of what is a job. His cynical definition is enslavement we've been conditioned to accept as the way things are.
0: Wow, Daniel. <laughs> I like that energy. He's
1: bringing it in. I know. We haven't even really talked about it, and we could one day.
0: I would lean maybe. into that. I would lean into that definition.
1: I agree. And I just think we... I, did we talk about this in the other jobs episode of like we live in a capitalist society and so that's inevitably placing us in a particular position with our jobs and mm-hmm. having to like fend for ourselves in a way that is unequal and unfair for folks like th- the conversation is of jobs is incredibly unequitable from the beginning you that's know?
0: that. that's where I would really want to take the conversation for jobs three
1: jobs three yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> And I posted a picture of you giving me the stink eye.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Did anyone get anything? No. A oh, job? you know what? There's a no. comment. There's one last later comment. Later flowers. Yep, I, later flowers.
0: Melissa, I love that you're participating. And then you also made fun of my picture. So valid, though, because I was wanting to be made I fun of. I don't think of, that so she wa- made fun of. Oh, yeah. She didn't make fun. She just said, Scott, that picture.
1: Okay. She said, a job is a livelihood, sometimes passion is involved, but that's a privilege based on social economic status, etc.
0: Preach, preach. That's where we're taking it.
1: People tend to do hobbies for no reason other than the joy and satisfaction it brings.
0: That's it. You just summed up the flow of this episode. And
1: then Sedona.
0: Coming in hot, Sedona.
1: Sedona said, I think a job, your ideal dream, carries more calling and purpose than a hobby. I think there's definitely a lot of overlap, but.
0: Oh, but We didn't oh, get the butt. Oh, that was
1: the butt. Oh, I just butt? But, but oh. I think a job, your ideal dream, carries more calling and purpose than a hobby. Which mm-hmm. I,
0: Good thoughts, I think, Sedona.
1: Yeah, I think that...
0: Oh, wait, but Stacy said, do you like travel photos? DM me the answer.
1: Yeah, but Stacy said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that would maybe be a definition of vocation. So, like, having job and vocation and career all... In there, there's some there's nuance between these different things, and I think Sedona's saying, I think a job your ideal dream carries more calling and purpose than a hobby. That's probably more a vocation or career than a job. Hmm. Maybe Hmm. if we're looking at those definitions, we
0: are we are impassionate pursuits.
1: I bet she's the only one who's ever written definitions on those things. (sighs) Okay, you guys, this is I think the end of our episode. Do you have a takeaway? Do you have a takeaway?
0: Did anything happen?
1: (laughs) I'd like to also take on being a better no, (laughs) being a better friend, a better listener. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: (laughs) I'm joking. Um I don't think I have a takeaway. I know we're doing takeaways. What's my (laughs) takeaway?
0: Well, I just think like, okay, we have this big grand conversation about a big topic. Mm -hmm. You know, we update ourselves. Like, I wonder what a takeaway for me is. I'm not, I don't even know for sure.
1: I think the takeaway for me is to seize the moment Mm, that's that's been given. That's a good one. I think I'm trying to really even, I I think people could probably sense this. I'm trying to like say this and put the energy out there because I want to, I want to seize the opportunity that I have right now and seize the moment that is and make the best of this situation. And, yeah, so that's that's my takeaway.
0: And maybe it's like an encouragement to others that might be facing something similar, like mm-hmm. to to not just... I mean, I do feel like I keep reading these little headlines of these little articles are like, don't it's like don't take up anything new right now just chill out and like be easy and it's like that's true like be easy on yourself be light right don't give yourself any pressure or anything like that but like why not try to well, especially if you're furloughed or something like that try to try to fill it with something that brings you a lot of joy
1: yeah yeah okay what's your takeaway like i'm
0: lecturing people but um uh i don't know when i'm thinking about these different ways that we're approaching the way we i think i'm just trying to think about the way we spend our lives you know, the way we use our energy, mm-hmm. the way we use our gifts, the way we use our passion and the things that interest us. And it's like whether you're going to call it a vocation or a career, a job, I think approach approach it. I'm wanting to approach it. It's almost like what I was saying about Tom Sachs, like pro, approach it with some seriousness and some dignity. And and then also like. Um, I don't know, like. Don't give up. That sounds so cheesy, but it's like, you know, like if you have a job, f- do find a passion or a vocation and a hobby or something you're passionate about. I don't know. Right. And also like away.
1: if you're in a job, you know, remember that you can still be in a job but that you that doesn't mean your vocation isn't also happening. Yeah. Like you can have both and be pursuing a vocation. Yeah. Maybe. And I
0: think as we were talking, I think I'm I think I had a realization that I don't know if I would be able to firmly articulate a vocation right now, mm-hmm. and maybe that's something I want, you know?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I would. Probably two. What play, play therapist and yeah. artist?
0: You have two vocations.
1: Two goal vocations. Yeah, yeah, two
0: goal vocations.
1: Goal vocations is that, and you're already I kind think, of doing it. So. I think yeah, working with yeah children and families, and then doing creative pursuits. Yeah okay, you guys, thanks for listening. This was cool and fun. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week when we do an Enneagram 100 episode.
0: You have a funny way of ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's always kind of a ho-hum.
1: <laughs> and okay,
0: we're done. And, and Put the microphone down.
1: Next week, we're going to try our best because now y'all have heard it. I don't have a job, so we're going to try to make a produced episode next week. It won't be a Scott and Macy sitting across each other from the table episode. It will be Enneagrams and how folks are doing with COVID. And we're going to try and playfully, but also honestly discuss and hear from a bunch of different Enneagram types what it's like and how they've... Responded to this change in lifestyle with COVID.
0: An audio listicle.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. We'll catch you up.